This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, May 31st. Thanks for joining us on this Memorial Day. And today we're going to be bringing you a series-by-series breakdown of the playoffs, catching up on some of the latest storylines and performances with seven first-round series still going, I believe. All that and much more is coming up in just a second. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. As we welcome in everyone watching on YouTube, live with us, everyone listening on the podcast, I'm joined now by Steve Alexander. Steve, what's going on, man? Sunday was a was a pretty wild day. We had a lot going on. The Braves were rained out, which actually kind of worked in our favor, I think, Matt. It took something off of our plate. But the Indy 500 was pretty... I'm from Indianapolis. It's a big deal to me and my family, and uh, Elio Castroneves won his fourth Indy 500 on NBC, and it was pretty awesome, pretty cool. Nice. Well, yeah, it was also a pretty massive day of basketball, big weekend of basketball as well. So let's dive into some of these playoff series, Steve, and we'll start in the West. Let's get this one out of the way for you, shall we? The Clippers dusted the Mavs on Sunday night, 106-81, to 29 for Kawhi Leonard on 11 of 15 shooting, 20 for Paul George, 15 for Reggie Jackson. Luka Doncic playing through a neck strain, shoots 9 for 24 from the field, 0 for 5 from the free throw line, Steve. He's 13 of 32 in the series from the stripe. And man, when we were talking on Friday, things were looking really good for your Dallas Mavericks, Steve, and the Clippers flipped some kind of switch and we suddenly have ourselves a series, and we suddenly have ourselves some very restless and I would say nervous Dallas Mavericks fans, yourself included. Uh, I think that's fair. 
Luca's neck thing is a little scary. Clearly is bothering him. If you watch the game, he was wincing the whole time. You can tell he was in some pain. And the Clippers are better. They're a better team than they showed in those first two games. And Dallas probably isn't as good of a team as they showed in those first two games. I think that was a kind of a case of you saw the best the Mavericks could play and you really saw the worst the Clippers could play in those two games. And the Clippers have come back and made it a tied up series. So that game was disappointing for me as a Luca Mavs guy. You know, I had my buddy Zach was over here. We sat, I sat in this chair. We had the big screen fired up after a long day of basketball and the race and everything. And, and we were all set to finish off the evening with that. And it, it really wasn't even worth watching. And by the end of, by the end of it, we had actually turned off the game and turned on the, the Tiger Woods documentary. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a rough night for Dallas when their best highlight may have been Boban Marjanovic getting the mop and knocking the basketball out when it was stuck by the shot clock. I don't know if you're still watching at that point, Steve, but a notable a notable moment there for Dallas. Kawhi Leonard is 24 for 32 the last two games. Nicholas Batum into the starting lineup seems to have been a big, big move for the Clippers um, as much as I sort of disregarded that guy in fantasy leagues this year in real life i think he's a pretty useful player and uh yeah dallas has to adjust i mean i'm not going to write off the mavericks after what they did in those first two games but man la is uh la is awake and suddenly this this is a this is an exciting series man you know wasn't your prediction the mavs in six is that what it was yeah oh seven okay so you're alive in more ways than one i am i am alive and uh but to your boban comment i think <laughs> boban we need a world and a and a league where boban plays like 25 minutes a night like we need we just need to see that like there's this cool cool article yeah. out there about why he's every nba player's favorite person and you know fans love him like he's the gentle giant this is huge sweetheart and it's so fun to see him get out there and be able to play so i, I wish i wish he could play more minutes I think that's the fantasy league that we invented with Brian Rosemorsel, right? The per 36-minute league. Per 36-minute league. I feel like Boban is a pretty spicy pick in that league. He's going to be a hot commodity in the per... Actually, (laughs) Rosemorsel texted me the other day and asked if it was going to be me or you that would be putting that together and running it. And I said, I kind of thought it was a joke. It was a bit. But I also also want to do it. You know, I just... Yeah, I think we got to do it. It's going to come down to like, there's going to be some tricky mechanics to that because, you know, how do you run a league like that? It's going to have to be done offline. You're going to be doing it on on uh, paper spreadsheets. I can't wait for that. You're going to be doing it on paper and spreadsheets. Uh. <laughs> you're, you're the paper uh, fantasy league guy. But quickly, Steve, like other than getting Luca's neck feeling better, what can Dallas do here to right this ship after losing two at home? I, we're, you're going to need to ask Rick Carlisle that question. I think I we could start by hitting some free throws and playing some defense. Uh, those two things would mm. be nice. Um, I, I think if I was Rick Carlisle, I would focus and and try to try to shut Kawhi down and let everybody else beat you. But I don't know how you shut Kawhi Leonard down. So yeah, as I said, twenty four for thirty two the last two games. We're going to talk about some. Some guys who are struggling, some stars who are struggling to shoot the ball in these playoffs in a minute, but Kawhi Leonard is not one of them. Let's move on to 
the next Western Conference series we want to hit, that would be the Blazers and the Nuggets. This one is tied 2-2 two to two after a 20-point Blazers win, 115 to 95. And this game actually was really not even that close. Uh, Portland comes up big in a, ba- in a game they basically had to have. 29 points, Steve, for, say it with me, Norm Powell. <laughs> the Blazers overcome a 1-for-10 shooting game for Damian Lillard. A game where Damian Lillard, Steve, makes one field goal, the Blazers win by 20, and we're up by more than that late. It's just wild. Yeah, it, there have been a lot of really fun and good games in these playoffs to watch and enjoy, and there have yep. been a lot of dogs that you can hardly even yes. you can hardly even leave them on your television. And this was one of them, man. It was like it just felt like it was over in the second quarter, and it was certainly over by the end of the third quarter. We had it on the other day. What was that? That game was Saturday, right? Yeah, it all blends together, but sure. <laughs> and it, it was unwatchable. And I, like you said, a night when Damian Lillard hits one of ten shots and scores ten points, the Blazers ab- absolutely destroy and blow out the Nuggets. And of course, I had Nikola Jokic in my DFS lineup that night, and I was I was rolling. As did I. After what Giannis did earlier in that day. And then, you know, Jokic really didn't play in the fourth quarter. And it was just a disaster. But what a blowout. Yeah, I had I had Rocco in my DFS lineup as well, who I think had a pretty good game, especially for him. And, you know, that was offset by the Jokic dud. 16 points, 9 boards, just 1 assist again for Jokic in a really ugly one for Denver. Sounds like Will Barton is getting closer to returning from that hamstring injury. That would be big for Denver. Game five will be Tuesday night, Steve. As we move on to another big one from Sunday, it was the Suns 100, the Lakers 92 in L.A. There are two big headlines for this from this one, the way I see it, and both of them pertain to health. In, on the one hand, you saw a return to form for Chris Paul after that shoulder injury, looking much more like vintage Chris Paul, on some plays there, 18 points, nine dimes, three steals. You saw him knocking down those mid-range fallaway jumpers. It just looked like a different player. I'm not going to say, you know, we don't know how fully recovered he is from that, but he looked a lot better. And by the way, Monty Williams almost rested him for this game, and apparently CP3 talked his way in. So <laughs> it's pretty fortunate for Phoenix that Monty Williams listened to Chris Paul as he was Phoenix's leading scorer. On the other side of th- things, Steve, you had Anthony Davis coming down with a groin injury, and as much as we thought Phoenix was in trouble when we talked on Friday, suddenly, if Davis misses game five, it feels like things are are suddenly very much back in Phoenix's favor here. Yeah, and it's Chris Paul is coming up and looking better. His shoulder doesn't bother him nearly as much as it did in the first couple of games. Uh, he looked really good yesterday. He led his team in scoring. I didn't think we would really see that happen at any time the rest of the series you know, with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton out there, but Chris Paul led the team in scoring, looks healthy, looks like he's feeling better, gets a couple more days to rest, and all of a sudden, Anthony Davis down on his back, holding his groin, and then the Lakers come out and say he's got a, a knee injury. Well, he wasn't holding his knee. He was holding his groin. And, it, it, of course, later it came out that it was indeed a left groin strain for AD, and groin injuries are not cool in the NBA, and and not they cool. do not go away quickly. So 
I'll be surprised if AD plays in game five. And like you said, this is anybody's series at this point. Phoenix got nice contributions from all their starters. Campaign looked good off the bench. He did. And really the Lakers without without Anthony Davis out there, I mean, it was just LeBron James and a bunch of guys running around. Well, DeAndre Aiden went six for eight, is now 38 for 47 in this series. Steve, just keeping track of that one because it's getting kind of silly. Um, Can we call this the Jay Crowder revenge game? Is that going too far? Revenge for basically being humiliated in game three. He went for 17 points, seven rebounds, four dimes, two steals, one block, three threes. Is that, uh, did I go too far there with revenge game? I don't think so. Uh, And if you had him in your DFS lineup with that line, he, he tore it up. Um, has DeAndre Ayton's needle moved for you yet, fantasy-wise, next year? Man, I wish you wouldn't ask me that. I, I've, I've, been, I've been burned by Ayton so many times. I, in our 30-team league, the last two seasons, I took him with my first pick. By the way, obviously in a 30-team league, if your first pick is like around pick 25 or 27 or something like that, you're in big, big trouble. And uh, that's been the case for me the last two seasons. And I took Ayton both times. And... Man, he's just been. I know it hasn't. It hasn't, Steve. I like. I'm impressed with what he's doing. I think he's around you know 19, 20 points, 14 boards in these playoffs, shooting 81 percent from the field. That's fantastic. But no, I'm just. I'm not going to overreact to four games. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good, solid NBA player. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a, a fantasy star next year. And if he proves me wrong, I'll, I'll take that one. You know, it's funny. Um, I took John Morant with my first pick in 30 deep right around yeah. the same time you took DeAndre yeah. Ayton with your first pick. And I too was burned by a guy who is better at real basketball than he is fantasy basketball. Uh, and now we're watching John Morant just tear up these playoffs, just like DeAndre Ayton is. And I, I don't think the needle has moved for me on either player just yet, but if they keep this going and like do it in like the second round, Something's gonna have to. Something's gonna have to give. Well, closing out this Lakers Suns game, it's a quick turnaround for Anthony Davis with that groin injury. Game five will be in Phoenix tomorrow night, so the schedule is not friendly there for the Lakers and for Anthony Davis in a, in just a huge game five. So we'll be watching that closely. Check back on NBC Sports Edge, obviously, for updates on Davis. But yeah, as you said, Steve, I'd be shocked. I mean, it'd be shocking at this point. I think most people would say it'd be shocking if Davis played through that. And we have one more Western Conference series to hit. That's the aforementioned Grizzlies and John Morant dropped game three against the Jazz, 121 to 111. This is actually a pretty exciting game late. The Grizzlies had the lead late. Jazz pulled away late. Donovan Mitchell scored 29 in just his second game back after that long absence. Mike Conley was just huge in this game, 27 points with seven threes, six boards, eight assists. What what are you looking for in this series as, as we look to game four tonight, Steve? I like this series a lot because Memphis is such an underdog and the Jazz, I've, I've said mm-hmm. it a hundred times, they're just not an intimidating number one. They're, they're intimidating to some extent, but they're not like, they're not this untouchable number one seed. And Memphis right. doesn't know any better. You know, they're just out there. Dylan Brooks is out there just firing up shots. John Morant's playing like he doesn't care about anything. Like, he's just going after it. And it's just a fun series to watch. R.I.P. Mark Eaton played for the Jazz, gave me his shoes back in yeah. back in the 80s. That's kind of sad. And 
I don't know. I, I just like everything about this series. It's just fun to watch. Well, Memphis got 28 from John Morant, 27 from Dylan Brooks, who you mentioned. And yeah, I mean, if you're obviously if you're a jazz fan, you feel differently, but it'd be really fun to see this one go six or seven because the, these have been entertaining games. And as I said, this was a this was a, a, a very much a back and forth game until the Jazz pulled away to win by ten at the end. Yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, Steve, we're going to head east now. And, and I guess we can finally talk about this Hawks Knicks series now. The Hawks beat the Knicks 113 to 96, taking a 3-1 series lead on Sunday behind 27 points, nine dimes from Trey Young, 22 points, eight boards from John Collins, his first big game in a while, and 21 from Danilo Gallinari off the bench. And Steve, I think we have to first and foremost acknowledge the adjustments that Hawks coach Nate McMillan made because we called out his rotation on Friday. And he did, in fact, make an adjustment. The main thing is that in games three and four, he basically had Trey Young or Bogdan Bogdanovich on the floor almost the entire game. There were a couple minutes, I think, in each game where they were both off the floor. But basically, one of those guys was on the floor at all times as he mostly stayed away from that really shaky bench lineup. Yeah. Props to Nate McMillan, man. He said he said something when asked about his adjustments. He said, man, I watch, I watch a lot of film and I watched film that night and decided that, you know, I need to make that change. Well, maybe he's learning something regarding the playoffs. You know, we've documented that pretty well around these parts. Everybody has, he's, he's not a good, he's has a terrible playoff record, but props to Nate, man. He made adjustments. The Hawks looked really good. New York, the Knicks are out there trying to, trying to beat up the Hawks. You know, it's, it's bully ball. And yeah, and it, Really got chippy at the end of this game. And yes, it did. Matt, how offended are you that they chose to put that as the 1 p.m. game? I mean, shouldn't that Hawks game have been in prime time? I mean, I think it's a series that it seems like it. I was also worried, by the way, anytime I see a one o'clock game for, for my team, I'm worried. I mean, that's just, you know, an early start is always a little scary for coming out flat. But speaking of the bully ball aspect, Steve, Julius Randall who had 23 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. First of all, shot 7 for 19 in this game and actually improved his field goal percentage. <laughs> he is now, are you ready for this number, Steve? Julius Randle is 20 for 73 in this series from the field. That would be 26.9%. And as you alluded to, 
absolutely blasted John Collins in the face with an elbow with his offhand while shooting a layup. And for some reason, so that was initially called a foul on Collins. They turned it to an offensive foul. For some reason, that was not a flagrant foul. John Collins is just gushing blood on the, after that play. And then later in the game, Kevin Herter, more of the chippiness that you mentioned, like basically after kind of running into Nerlens Noel, they kind of collided on a pick. Kevin Herter grabbed Nerlens Noel's leg and kind of lifted it up. That was called a flagrant, which, okay, yeah, I get that. But how do you look at that Randall play and not think flagrant foul? I just don't understand it. Well, I think when you watched it in at regular speed, it didn't look like a flagrant foul to me. But when you slowed it down, dude, like his elbows here, and then you see him like deliberately yeah. just go at it. And I, how does how does Collins not break his nose on that play? How is his nose not broken? I don't, I don't understand. I don't. Uh, know. And his head, his head snaps back. Like it was vicious, and uh, not a flagrant foul. And then you got Kevin Herter doing a Kent Herbeck, <laughs> a Kent Herbeck imitation nice. over there on nice. first base with Ronnie Gant for you old Atlanta people. But yeah, most people will get that. I'm sure 30 years ago, most people will get that baseball reference. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I'm just glad the Hawks got out of there with a win. Uh, one of my favorite things I saw on Twitter was Harry the Hawk, the Atlanta Hawks mascot, handing a box of tissues to spike lee who was in the front row wearing bright orange that was pretty sweet spike lee stayed until the bitter end of that game in a game that was not close i will say he could have easily ducked out of that place (laughs) and he he stuck it out to the very end so that's dedication and yeah i mean I, i just trying to put my bias aside i mean on that randall play it, it did look like there was a little bit of a t- intent there. I mean, the play you normally see on a, you know, a drive to the basket is the extent, as I hit my microphone, the extended arm. You know what I mean? That's normal. That's a normal offensive foul there. An offhand elbow chop is not a normal play on, on a drive to the basket like that. So it, I don't know. I, I can't discern what Julius Randle's intent was. It certainly looked, it looked like there was a little bit of ill intent there. But who knows? It wasn't called a flagrant foul, and we move on. Julius Randle, after the game, is like, we're fine. We're in great shape. I'm really I'm pleased, pleased with where we are. Are you? Are you? Please be in down 3-1. And y'all can make fun of me all you want. I think DeAndre Hunter is a difference maker in this series. I, and Julius Randle, way to go, buddy. You finally showed up. You had a decent line. You still shot it terribly. But at least he put up some numbers. And then I think the key for the Hawks all the way through the finals <laughs> If that were ever to happen, is did you just put the sorry? Did you just put the Hawks in the NBA finals? <laughs> would be Danilo Gallinari playing well, man. If Danilo Gallinari is feeling it and playing well, and Trey and Bogey are having an okay night, the Hawks are probably going to beat people. Yeah, Gallinari's shooting off the bench is huge for the Hawks. And by the way, Derrick Rose continues to look really good in this series. He's he scored just 18 points with six dimes, but he was six for nine early. I think ended up shooting seven for 15. So just one for his last six shots. As, and by the way, as the guy looks absolutely gassed walking off the floor, I mean, understandably, like Derrick Rose, who has a million miles on his legs, is just getting worn down by Tom Thibodeau and, and is playing great. But at some point, he's going to run out of steam, and he, he did late in this game. Have they scheduled his next knee surgery for June, or is it July? Have you heard yet? Which I, I don't know. I, I got to <laughs> say, though, I do marvel at how, how well he has played. Oh, he's been awesome. I, I just think I think Thibodeau is crazy for playing him as many minutes as he is. 
Yeah. So game five will be Wednesday in New York, even though the Knicks are down 3-1. That's going to be a, a tough atmosphere with presumably a very fired up arena in an elimination game. That's going to be a tall order for the Hawks to win that game on Wednesday night in New York. I'm already stressed out about it just thinking about it. I'm really not that stressed out about it. I like <laughs> the fact that I like the fact that Trey Young has taken on this identity of enjoying being the villain. Like he wants to go in there, he wants people to yell at him. He wants the pressure and he wants to go he wants to go beat him. And I've said it a thousand times, but this is totally Reggie Miller versus the Knicks when I, you know, in my prime rebirth. And it's it's Trey Young's world now. And this next game is gonna be awesome. I can't wait. The first half of both of these games have been pretty stressful as it's been back and forth. And when the Knicks can make the game ugly for stretches, it's it's pretty stressful as a Hawks fan because you, you start to feel like, man, is this going to be like a 91-85 Knicks win? But the Hawks had big runs in both games, take a 3-1 lead. And by the way, they're 21-2 and in their last 23 home games, Steve. Well, and I think for both Dallas and Atlanta, like I think the the mantra needs to needs to be do not let these guys sucker you into doing something stupid. Because like, both of those teams, the Clippers and the Knicks, are going to be doing everything they can to get Luka and Trey to do something stupid and get kicked out of the game. And, you know, Patrick Beverly's yeah. Patrick Beverly is really good at doing stuff like that, and he, he's historically one of the best at it. I think Julius Randle, Reggie Bullock. You know, Bullock is a guy that likes to mix it up a little bit. And... He's gonna yeah, be he's sure. gonna be getting in Trey's face and and trying to get him to do something stupid. So I think the key for both of those teams is keep everybody on the floor, keep your heads together, don't don't get sucked into it. Yeah, I guess Bullock got, according to the broadcast, got elbowed in the back by Gallinari late on like a, a rebound play and then kind of did like a like made moves toward Gallinari in the Hawks huddle like during a stoppage in play and got stopped. And then I think that's what led to Julius Randle taking a flagrant on Gallinari late in that game where he just kind of forearm checked him on a drive. So did you, did you see that replay where Bogdanovich got hit in the face and just, he just didn't even blink really and got right back at it. it? That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Was that in this, th- was that in this game or was that in another I game? I feel like that was in the previous game. Yeah. yeah I just, or a couple games ago. I think I just saw it yesterday on Twitter though. Anyhow, Moving on in a stunning turn of events after we absolutely <laughs> dismissed them on our Friday episode, the Boston Celtics shoved a win right in our faces over the weekend with Jason Tatum going for 50 in a truly special performance. So I was kind of laughing at that just in the sense of, man, that that uh, that turned on us quickly. <laughs> we were just like, no one would offer any optimism about the Celtics and then they go out and get a big win over the Nets. But on Sunday... Despite Tatum being special again with a 40-point, 7-rebound, 5-assist stat line, the Celtics lost by 15, 141-126. to Nets lead at 3-1, to and we're back kind of where we started, Steve, before that Celtics win. This series still feels like it's very much over. Steve, you're not going to offer another chance to offer some Celtics optimism. Do you have any? No. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I, I mean, that's all. I, that's, uh, no, I really don't. Um, Jason Tatum is really, really good. Uh, yes. He, he's a really, really good basketball player. I mean, he's going to be one of the best players in the league. He's already one of the best players in the league, but without Jalen Brown, they just can't do it. And then, yeah, no Kemba either. I mean, it's a pretty tall hill to climb. Kemba was out yesterday and and they started uh, Romeo Langford in his place. Yes, they did. Pretty interesting move. I didn't think it was a good idea. I would have started Peyton Pritchard 
Pritchard played starters minutes. He played 24 minutes. Langford played 26. I, I mean, I don't really think it matters that much what they do because the Celtics are not going to win the series unless Tatum scores 50 again and carries the whole whole thing on his back. Which he could. Now that you mention it, could happen. I mean, if you if now that you put it that way, Tatum has 90 points in his last two games. He has in his last five games, he's gone 50, 22, nine. 50 and 40 points. But even if Tatum scores 50 points, the Celtics are still going to lose. Like it, it was a fluke that they, they won that game. Uh, Robert Williams, the Time Lord, our, our, time, our Time Lord is out. So Tristan Thompson's yeah. having to do a lot of heavy lifting there. But yeah. I, again, you know, the Hawks, the, the Braves game, had it not been rained out, would have been running simultaneously with this game. And I literally would not have watched any of this game had I had another option. But we had it on. Also, basically over is this Sixers-Wizards series. Philly leads at 3-0 after a 132-103 win over the weekend behind 36 points from Joel Embiid, who did that in just 28 minutes. They will try to close it out on Monday night, Steve. I mean, I'm just ready for some of these teams to get to the next round because, you know, we have a potential... Hawks Sixers playoff series coming up. I mean, you don't want to look ahead yet, but with this Sixers Wizards series, it's just, I mean, it, we, we really have reached wake me up when it's over, which is probably tonight. <laughs> we really have. I mean, it's as much fun as it is watching Russell Westbrook be a walking triple double. I mean, how, how crazy is it that he's so effortlessly able to get triple doubles like it's wild to me that it's yeah, that playing through an ankle him. injury too yeah i didn't even think he'd play i was actually very surprised that he played on saturday and how about your boy danny gafford man hey have you ordered that danny gafford jersey yet i think you happening? have i officially put in the order yet we're getting close <laughs> well you're gonna order it through me yes uh but yeah six of eight uh, 16 points, six boards, a block and a steal. Your guy, Daniel Gafford, is out there balling out for a team and a game that nobody is watching. Well, this is true. And and as much as that series is almost over, the Bucks Heat series is, in fact, over. The Bucks finished off the sweep, 120-103, behind 20 points, 12 boards, 15 assists for Giannis. And after that two-point win in Game 1 in overtime, where Milwaukee escaped. They won the next three by 34, 29, and 17 points. We await, Steve, a likely matchup against the Brooklyn Nets. Should be an absolutely ridiculous series there, and we'll talk about that as we get closer to it. But I want to do a quick uh, Miami postmortem here, and in particular with Jimmy Butler. He had a triple-double in this game, but shot just 4 of 15. He was a Julius Randle-esque 19 for 64 in this series, Steve. He will be 32 years old next season. And when he played this year, he was a first-round fantasy guy, averaging around 22 points, 7 boards, 7 assists, 2 steals. Great per-game numbers, but he also missed 20 games. So I want to ask you, Steve, are you willing to take, as you shake your head, Jimmy Butler with, let's say, a second-round fantasy pick next season? I'm probably not. I, he won't be on any of my teams. He wasn't on a single team I had this year. I don't think he was on a single team I had the previous season either. I'm just not a Jimmy guy. And like you said, he's getting older. This load management was an issue for him this season. The the egg that these Heat laid in these playoffs was a big one. Like, what a disappointment. man! And 
Jimmy didn't really didn't look that good. And I can't believe that you and Ryan picked the Heat to win that series. That's crazy. Uh, that really, <laughs> really shocks me. I don't think that. I don't think that's. No, that's I did what it. Happened I did it there, Matt. I did it to be interesting. I did it. I did it to be different, as they say, Steve. Well, you ended up not being smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it ended up backfiring on you because I don't think that he really ever had a had a chance. As Will Ferrell says in Old School, when he accidentally regifts the bread maker, I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. What's funny about Giannis and the Bucks is I was talking all this garbage about Giannis has to make his free throws or he could cost the Bucks a series. Well, I mean, it, I'm more worried about Luka Doncic and his free throw shooting, which is ironic given that we bet jerseys on that every year. And, you know, we're talking about, hey, is he going to shoot 75 or 76%? Now, now the whole team is in a free free throw th- free throw funk. And you know, Giannis hit four or six. The Bucks shot it pretty well from the line as a team. The Bucks are kind of rolling on all cylinders right now. And the Heat not having Oladipo and the Bucks having Drew Holiday and just flipped the the script on the whole the whole thing. By the way, Dante DiVincenzo, who we mentioned on our last episode is actually done for the season with a torn tendon in his left ankle on that play where he twisted it the wrong way. They initially called it, I think, a contusion. Turns out a much more significant injury. And Steve, that's not, I don't know. I mean, DiVincenzo is not a huge counting stats guy for Milwaukee, but I think he's a, a useful piece for them. And that feels like it, it hurts the Bucks. Well, they replaced him with Pat Connaughton and Connaughton really didn't do anything in game four, but it's going to give Connaughton more minutes. It's going to give a guy like Bryn Forbes mm-hmm. a big opportunity to, to play more and shoot more. And he had seven three-pointers uh, in that yeah. last game, scored 22 points. So those two guys are both going to see a big boost. But I don't feel like DiVincenzo, even though he's good and a starter and a piece of their puzzle, I don't feel like it's that hard to replace what what he offers. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's more of an all-around glue guy where Forbes and Connaughton are more just shooters, outside shooters. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to overstate it, but I, but I also don't want to overlook it as nothing either. No, you're right. You're right. And it may end up hurting them a little bit. But I, I think out of all the key players the Bucks have, if I could pick one that I would choose to, to not be able to use, it would be him. That's fair. I'll give you that. The Bucks, by the way, are off until at least next weekend as they await the end of the... <sighs> of the uh, Nets Celtics series. We are off until Wednesday as Steve, that is going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Take a second to rate and review us as well. As I said, we're back on Wednesday and on Friday this week to talk more playoff hoops. Thanks to everyone for listening and anyone who's watching with us live on YouTube. Steve, thank you. We will talk to you soon. All right. Have a good day. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. 
That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash.